0: amen in this house. Glory to God. Glory to God. That was wonderful. Well, hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. I'm going to open this up with prayer. Let's, um, Let's turn to two places in the Word of God. We're going to start off at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and then I'm going to go to Romans chapter number 12. Ephesians 3 and Romans chapter number 12. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this great day, this great church, and these great people. Thank you for everybody online. Um, Right now, as we speak, we are being joined by Thailand. Isn't that a wonderful thing? thailand is joining us this morning praise the lord so father help me lord to accurately uh, expound on the word of god and help us lord god to accurately hear it and understand it in jesus name we all said Amen. amen and amen amen if i were the devil If I were the devil, my grand plan to stop the children of God, Amen. I would put on theological sheep's clothing and seduce the church with a series of lies. Yeah. Yeah. I would use subversive falsehoods that made sense to their natural thinking. I would build these falsehoods into denominational belief systems that would replace any trace of reading the Bible for what it plainly says. Instead, the reader would be indoctrinated into believing the Bible did not mean what it said, but must be interpreted into saying something else. I would turn the redemption of Christ into a religious system that would never allow the man to believe who he is. I would turn man's focus toward works. I would make man to never feel good enough. I would cause man to believe the law was still in place after it led him to Jesus. In this way, it would not matter if man accepted Jesus as his Savior because those who believed would never believe who they are. Redemption would become a prison of guilt and misery. That's what I would do if I was the devil. Wednesday evening in Deep Dive we began a topic and I wanted to bounce off of that so I'm going to start with uh, the Deep Dive. Paul explains our identity in Christ as he writes to the church at Ephesus and we all know that that Paul prayed this. He said here's what I pray for you that you might know the depth you might know the length, you might know the height, you might know the breadth, you might know the love of God in such an amazing way and that you might become more powerful than you ever realized life could be. But here's something I pointed out in deep dive that we often miss. Look at Ephesians 3 and Look at verse number 14. Ephesians 3, verse number 14, Paul said this. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Paul said we're one family. There's the family on earth, there's the family in heaven. I I use this analogy um, Wednesday night. I said, uh, if Kevin and I were brothers, um, we would be one family. I would be in this location. He would be in the other location. We are of the family of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. So he said, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded, might comprehend, uh, might, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul called us saints. See, man was originally created to be of the heaven family, and then he was deemed, and I called it on on Wednesday night, the transferring king. Here is the position of a king. A king is representative of, of everything at his disposal so if if i'm a king and jody is of my kingdom my a king's domain a kingdom then my position as king is to be able to transfer everything my kingdom has to the ones in my domain are are, are you seeing this So Adam became the transferring king of the earth. It was his position to take everything at his disposal and be able to transfer that to everything in the earth. And what was at his disposal was everything that he was connected to in heaven. One family. Now watch this. I'm I'm hoping to see a couple... Whiffs of smoke above a couple brains this morning here. (laughs) So, God created the Adam and blew himself, his spirit, into the man. And Adam became a living being. And then God deemed him. Remember the old swashbuckling shows? I loved those when I was a kid. I was... I was only two when they came out. <laughs> but the king or the queen would take a sword, and I deem you sir, knight. And everything changed for them. So God did the barak. That's what the Jews call it, a barak. And what he spoke would have to be, and he said, and, and you, you will rule over the earth you will be a king you will be a transferring king over the earth and then Adam fell from his position as the transferring king of earth and then thousands of years later Jesus came he went to the cross he died for the sins of mankind and we were watch we were re you getting this? We were redeemed. And our position now, Paul said, is to be the saints. Listen to this. Pastor Brent uh, described this in, in his message talking about the awesomeness of God. That that word saints is hagios. That's who you are. Listen to me. Do you know that hagios means awful but not in a bad way it's in an amazing way can you here's what we would do if we would see God face to face well besides the fact we would disintegrate right now but but uh, but if if we could survive that we would fall on our face because of his awfulness his his amazingness see God in his beauty it's it's an awfulness it's an amazing Thing And here's what Paul said, you need to understand how much God loves you. You need to understand who you are because you are the Hagios. You are, you are awful in your power. You are awful in your beauty before God, you see. Genesis 128 said, and then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule let them rule here's why the enemy works so hard to fill your mind with a guilt mentality since you accepted jesus christ as your savior you see when you receive salvation you make the devil very unhappy but when you understand who you are in Christ you will overpower him amen. You say now watch amen 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 turn turn to uh, turn to the left and look at Romans chapter number 12 pastors not here so I'm gonna talk about paper Bibles amen. <laughs> He's probably watching online right now going, I knew he was going to talk about paper Bibles. (laughs) Find yourself an old paper Bible. Get a highlighter. Get a bucket of paint. Get some ink pens and pencils. Just mark that thing up, man. Man. Our society is changing. Our young people is changing. And, and there's, there's a term uh, that is causing so many young people to believe unnatural things about themselves because of mass media conditioning. In other words, here's, here's the term they use. They're being indoctrinated by identification. That's what's happening to the generation coming up. There's so much uh, mass media being poured into them Uh, Even our grandkids, and Jody works very hard at trying to keep them off the tablets and the phones all the time, But, um, but every moment they get, I find myself doing it. It's the era that we live in, you see? And, and we're being bombarded by this. So we're being indoctrinated by identification. Here's now who we identify as. Now, that is exactly what Paul was describing to the church clear back when he wrote to the church at Rome. Listen, listen to what he said. Um, he said this. He said uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. Uh, indoctrination by identification. He said this, and do not be conformed to this world or this present age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or know what the will of God is, that good and acceptable and perfect will. So here's what he says. He said we need to be in the word so much. Yeah. You see, there was a thing going around, uh, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or not, it was one of those TikToky Twittery things, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the guy's the, the the pastor's got a phone up in front of the church and he said, What if we just carried a little Bible with us all the time? You know, he said, instead of looking at this every chance we get, what if we just looked at the word every chance we get? What if when life was tough and we wanted to zone out, instead of looking at this, we just looked at the Bible? He said, how many answers would we find if we were looking in there all the time? That's what Paul said. He said, don't be pressed in to what this present age is doing or saying. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Find out who you are. Find out what God's word says, you see. Now now watch this. I've, I've said this before. You know the devil really don't care if you get saved. He don't care. Huh? Because most people that get saved end up mentally in worse shape than they were before they got saved. Huh? Look at your neighbor and say, it was really nice knowing him. <laughs> But it's it's true. I remember uh, I, I got born again in my twenties. Uh, Never been to church in my life. Never had been to church in my life. Um, and and I heard about the 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 gospel of the kingdom and what Jesus would do and what would happen if I you know what were my alternatives there and. Man, I I literally ran to the altar. I was in, man. I knew a good deal when I heard it. And this was a good deal, you know. So uh, I leave the church walking on cloud nine. I mean, I've been redeemed. I'm saved. I'm a child of the king. All this great stuff. Within six months, I was so miserable because I never knew how bad I was until after I got saved y'all hear what I'm saying I remember uh, first time Holy Spirit ever said why don't you tell him about Jesus I was I was working in the coal mine and I was talking to a buddy of mine and just I mean it just came open man I could just say once come to church with me and I thought why would I do that to him I was so miserable because of all the rules and the regulations and all these things it, I, every day i became more aware of how terrible i was why would i do that to guy he seemed pretty happy you know my until we develop a righteousness consciousness The only thing we're going to have to rely on to create an identity is religion. And religion will always tell us how terrible we are. Hmm? Go go to the right and look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Pastor Brent's favorite passage of Scripture this will redeem me a little bit for the paper Bible thing, maybe. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5. Again, if I were the devil, I would infiltrate the church in theological sheep's clothing. And the first thing I would do would be to destroy the power and the authority of the Hagios of the saints. I don't care if they get saved. I just don't want them to know who they are. I just don't know... I don't want them to know who they can become. I would attack the biblical truth. Listen to what I'm saying. I would attack the biblical truth that salvation and righteousness are synonymous. Listen to me. How many in here have have said, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Watch. That means you are righteous I said uh, Wednesday night I said uh, I woke up righteous I don't know what's going to happen I said this Wednesday I don't know what's going to happen Thursday but I know Friday when I wake up I'll be righteous I said I don't know what's going to happen to me on Saturday but I know when I wake up Sunday I'm going to be righteous guess what I woke up this morning Perry I was righteous Huh? I was righteous. I looked in the mirror and said, righteousness. Watch. Because biblically, being saved and being righteous are synonymous. It's the same thing. Now watch. Be- before I go any further, can we just say this? Either God's word is true or it isn't. Huh? Either it's all true or walk away. We got nothing to hope in. It's either true or it isn't. Now watch this. And here's the hardest thing the church has to believe sometimes, that what the Bible says about us is real. It's either true or it isn't, you see? Now watch this. Here's what happened according to the Word of God when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, anyone is in Christ. He is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, things became new. Watch. Here's the amplified version. Therefore, if anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone. If anyone is in Christ that is grafted in and joined to him by faith in him as Savior, He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. This is the truth Paul said to renew our minds with. And here's what we think. But my life isn't reflecting this. God's Word says, but it's still true. You don't know how I'm living, but it's still true. I'm going to show you something about this. You don't know. I barely made it in here this morning because of me, but it's still true. (laughs) If, If God said, brown was red and red was brown, what color would brown be? Huh? If God said brown is red and red is brown, what color would brown be? Sure. When you said, I believe, God said you are righteous. And that cannot change because God cannot lie. You see? Now watch, watch, watch this. This is is so good. Keep going to the right. Find Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter number three. We're going to rest in there for a second. Galatians chapter number three. Watch. In the garden, the enemy came in, in theological sheep's clothing, and he began to subvert the truth. Did God really say? He did it in the garden. He's still doing it today. He did it in the church at Galatia. Listen to this. Galatians 3. Now watch, watch. Have, since you accepted Christ, since you believed, have you ever heard the enemy whisper in your ear, Oh, you are not saved. You are not going to make it. Here's a terrible thing. Here's a terrible thing. I wake up tomorrow and say good morning, Jody, and Jody looks at me and she said, well, maybe you're married to me. Maybe you're not. That would scare me. At my age, i got no place to go, Craig. I'm telling you. <laughs> huh? You know, maybe I'm saved. You know, some you say, are, are you born again? I hope so. Good. Golly, you got none to stand on. Watch, watch. So the the church at Galatia, they were were accepting Christ, but then they began to judge one another on whether they were really saved by how well they were doing this thing. See? Now watch. Galatians chapter 3, look at verse number 1. Paul writes this. He said, You foolish people at Harvest Christian Fellowship. (laughs) Right there. That's what it says. Watch. Who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you receive Did you accept Christ because finally you did everything right or you decided you needed to believe in Jesus? Are you so foolish then, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Mm. Did you suffer so many things in vain? Indeed, if it is vain. So then does he who provides you with the Spirit and, the, and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God and God said, you are righteous. He didn't say, Now, if you blow it tomorrow, we're going to rethink this thing. He said, you are righteous. He deemed him, you see. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Now, watch. Here's where we get so confused. But we're not the sons of Abraham. We're the children of God. Watch. Until we understand, we're never going to be confident in our walk with the Lord. Paul says that being the children of Abraham is the same thing as being saved. Watch. I'm going to show you why he says this. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. The Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's us preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Here's a theological truth. When we see the faith of Abraham, we're seeing the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch. But we say, but I break the law every day. Ooh, I got an answer. You ready? Watch. Look at verse number 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Mm, yeah. You see, the blessing of Abraham is to be deemed righteous. Mm, 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 mm. We need to say every day, watch. My salvation has nothing to do with Moses and the law. It's about faith and being a child of Abraham. Let me show you something about the law. Watch, watch. I pray this will set you free this morning. Look at verse 16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed singular he does not say into seeds one now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed he does not say into seeds as referring to many but rather to one and to your seed that is Christ watch We think we have to live by the law to please God. Watch. But God never promised Moses salvation. He promised Abraham salvation. 430 years later, he gave Moses the law. Now watch, watch. Remember, either God's word says what it says or it's not even worth listening to. Amen? Amen. Watch. There, listen. I know preachers out there that would call me a heretic for what we just now read. Hmm? Now watch. That's why. You ever wonder why Moses wasn't allowed to enter the promised land? I read that and I'm like, who made God mad? Moses was a pretty good guy. He was pretty faithful. He was, in fact, the Bible says he was faithful in all his house as a servant. Yet he couldn't go into the promised land because the law will never get you into the promises of God. Hmm? Only faith. Only faith. Now, watch, watch. After confessing our faith in Jesus Christ, the law no longer has a position over us. Look at verse number 24. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we can be justified through faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Oh, I'm going to read that again. That just messed with somebody's religion. Huh? Would you all agree that the Word of God's true or it isn't? Huh? Preacher said it is or it ain't. Verse 24 Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is isn't slave or a free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. Hmm. Come on. Oh, I see the smoke. Huh? Okay. Go go to the right and go to Philippians. Oh, this is going to be good. Philippians uh, chapter 3. I wish you had a paper Bible with you this morning. You'll be flipping them pages, man. Now watch. Um, when I was 16... That was eight years ago, Craig. When I, when I, was, when I was 16, um, the only one brave enough to get in the car with me was my brother-in-law, and I think he was on drugs. I'm not too sure, but he's like, come on, I'll teach you how to drive. So we pulled out of the driveway. I said, which way are we going? He said, to the four-lane. He said, if we can survive that, you got it made. Seriously, yeah. So down the four-lane we went, you know. I'm... I got a death grip on that steering wheel, and I'm looking, and and I'm going. If I really hit 65, my heart might stop. But man, we're we're flying down the highway. And then watch—he give me a piece of advice I've never forgotten. He said, "Now, and and I'm." He said, "Now we're going to pass a car," and I'm like, "Okay." So, <laughs> we're passing the car, and I'm looking at this wall. Um between me and 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 the 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 guys coming this way right and i go over there and for some reason the car is going toward the wall and i can't stop it right here's what my brother-in-law said to me he said when you're driving whatever you concentrate on that's what you will direct yourself to oh come on hear this he said he said quit looking at the wall it'll straighten up i quit looking at the wall zip and i noticed even today if i look at the wall i start going toward the wall okay now now watch this i learned that i drift toward anything i concentrate on will you hear what i'm saying this morning listen Listen to what Paul said, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 9. He said this, that I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He said, I don't even want a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Whatever we concentrate on, that's what we drift. Remember, we use the term indoctrination by identification. Here's the thing I used to do before I discovered the truth sin <laughs> was always present before me. I just want to involve you this morning, okay? So here's what religion taught me. Don't think about sin. Don't think about sin. Don't think about sin. Don't think about sin. Quit thinking about sin. Don't think about sin. If you sin, you're going to be in trouble. What am I doing? I'm drifting toward the thing that I'm concentrating on. Somebody said one time, you can't go around telling people they're righteous. They'll just do anything they want to. Really? Really? What if the only thing I concentrated on is the righteousness of Christ in me? It's the only thing I'm thinking about. And I begin to drift, and I begin to drift, and I begin to drift, and I begin to drift. And, to drift. and pretty soon there's this distant, distance voice that says, hey, flesh, you want to sin? I don't do that. Huh? I'm too busy drifting toward the righteousness of God in Christ. Will you hear me this morning? Hmm. See, when I got born again, my flesh didn't. Anybody else in that same boat? Huh? Do you know your flesh cannot get born again? No, that's why it's going to be replaced. Watch, watch, right here. Um, Verse 20, For our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of his power that he has even to subject all things to himself. So my flesh isn't going to get born again. It's stupid. It'll drink gasoline. It'll do anything it wants to do. Huh? All I got to do is just take a merry ride and go with it, and I get in all kinds of trouble, okay? Because it is not born again. It is not born again. I I told this story before. I'm, I'm walking through a uh, down the street, and there's an open door. I loved booze. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You know what I'm talking about. I loved booze. I loved cigarettes. I loved tobacco. I'd have put it on bread and ate it, but it kept falling off, you know? I loved everything like that and I'm I'm walking I'm I'm born again I'm walking down the street it's summertime this bar has its door open and the smell of the bar I know nobody knows what I'm talking about but there's a the smell of the bar coming out into the street and my body goes it just wants to and I'm like what are you doing we don't do that you see it, it's not going to get born again the reward of my faith is when I pass from this life to the next, God's going to give me a new one. It's going to be like sin Teflon, Craig. I mean, it'll, sin just going to bounce off of it. It won't want anything to do with it. You know? Watch. Hmm. Okay, another scripture. Go, go back to Romans chapter number 6. I'm almost done. Romans chapter 6. This is what the pastor does. You know he's lying. Romans chapter 6. I think it's the last scripture. Does this mean, everything I'm saying, that God doesn't care what I do with my flesh? Because my flesh has done some pretty dumb things since I got saved. You're looking at me with that tone of voice again, huh? My flesh has done some pretty stupid things since I got born again. According to the law, my flesh has taken me away from salvation, according to the law. But God has deemed me righteous, so here I stand before you today as righteous. So does that mean that God doesn't care what I do? The same Paul that said, I have no righteousness except that of Christ also said this. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died in sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore... We have been buried with him through baptism in death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. After Jesus, we don't refuse to sin to be holy. We refuse to sin because we are holy. We're the saints of God. We're the hagios. We're the terrible ones we're the awful ones in glory and purity and righteousness and power we are the transferring kings from heaven to earth so what do I do how do I live my life I will believe with Paul I'm gonna believe with Abraham I'm gonna believe with all the Saints down to history and I will focus so much on the righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ that my life will day by day drift toward the righteousness of God. We're going to do something different this morning. I want everybody in the room to stand. I don't know all of you Um, that's in here this morning. I don't know your story. I don't know if you're born again or you're not. Um, Some of you, I know you are born again. I don't know how long you've been born again. But here's what the enemy has been trying to do. He's been trying to take the church after salvation and lock them into a guilt prison so they will never begin to identify who they are or operate in who they are. And according to the word of God, we have just found the devil to be a liar. Hmm? Because God's word is true or it isn't true. Um, I'm not going to do... Uh, an old-timey altar call, Um, some preachers like that, and they get to see a snot and cry, and that's really ugly. I don't like that. (laughs) But if, if you're born again, and you are thinking, you know what, that is exactly what the enemy has tried to do to me over the years then we're going to pray and we're going to be free of that nonsense and believe the Word of God. Amen? And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, we're going to go through that too. And you can walk out of this building. Listen to what I say. You can walk out of this building today. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You will be righteous before the Lord God Almighty. Hmm? If, if you accept Jesus as your Savior today, I would ask that you would uh, let myself or Jody know because um, we need to get you baptized and, and get you some good, solid teaching there as beginners. But right now, uh, lead us in this prayer. Father God, In Jesus' name, I have been saved for however long. And I have heard the enemy's words to me that I am not who the Bible says I am, that I am not good enough, that I have done everything wrong. And the guilt that I have felt since the day I was saved has been a weight on my spirit. So, Lord God, I throw those chains and that guilt off of me today. I accept who I am in Jesus Christ. I accept your righteousness, Lord. I know you cannot lie. You will not lie. And you have said, I am righteous if I believe in Jesus. And that is exactly who I am. And from this day forward, Lord, I am going to focus on the righteousness of God that I am in Christ. That will be my focus. That will be my only focus. I know that tomorrow I will wake up in righteousness. And I know until the day I die, every day, I will be righteous. And I will not argue that point ever again in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's any here today that has not made this commitment, this confession of faith, we say this, Lord Jesus, right now, I confess your name and I ask you, Lord, hear my prayer because I thank you. I thank you for your salvation. I accept your salvation. I accept it today. Cleanse me. Make me Righteous in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen.